Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Today we are back with another Seattle International Film Festival review. Today we're talking about a disturbance in the Force. Definitely Star Wars by the name, if you didn't get that. Uh, this is a documentary all about investigating the, uh, the famous or the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special. If you don't know what the Holiday Special is, you're probably not alone. Um, a lot of people never had a clue that there was anything related to Star Wars that had some variety show special that somehow we all missed. I'm like, it was real. It did air November 17th, 1978 on CBS. But that was it. That was the only time anyone ever saw it in the public eye. Since then, there have been whisperings online and Reddit rooms and different internet rooms. And, you know, people, as is said in the movie, it's almost like a currency of how big a Star Wars fan are you? Do you know about the holiday special? Have you seen it? Um, and that would kind of clue people in whether or not, you know, you were a, quote, real Star Wars fan or how dedicated you were. Because Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, C-3PO, um, Chewbacca, R2-D, like, they were all in this special. And it came out only a year after the first Star Wars had been released. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, this whole documentary, it's basically a series of interviews with a lot of, I would say, prominent, uh, you know, and I'm not using nerd in a derogatory way, but definitely a lot of Star Wars nerds. Seth Green from Robot Chicken, um, who's done a billion things with Star Wars as well, and Family Guy. Obviously, they've done Family Guy Star Wars specials, and they've done Robot Chicken Star Wars specials, so he's known Lucas for a long time. Taron Killam of SNL, uh, apparently a pretty huge Star Wars fan. Of course, you've got Kevin Smith, who, uh, Fat Man on Batman podcast, the Clerks movies. I mean, he he's as big a superhero nerd as it gets and a big science fiction fan, so it was great seeing him here. Weird Al Yankovic, Paul Shear, uh, Gilbert Gottfried is, uh, is in the movie. And this, I, I believe, is one of his last on-screen roles um, since his untimely passing, unfortunately. But that was, was great to see him up there. And then there was Donny Osmond. And I had no clue at first what Donny Osmond was doing in a, uh, a documentary on Star Wars. But that's where this whole story just gets really interesting. Because before Star Wars took over the world, and I think it already really had taken over the world after A New Hope had come out, um, every story that I've heard from anyone who was ever young or old when they saw that film in theaters kind of has the same reaction. It shifted everything. Directors, writer, everyone will tell you the same. The movie changed the trajectory of Hollywood and films and science fiction and what could be possible. Um, and so there's almost this disconnect where, and obviously we see this a lot in Hollywood, upper executives are thinking, hey, you know, while we're waiting for the next Star Wars film, we got to keep it relevant somehow, you know. And this was before, you know, they had some toys that they were going to sell with the movie, but they had no idea how big a hit the movie was going to be. And the fact that they couldn't even produce the number of toys that the demand had 
And so, you know, they're giving out like IOUs, like, hey, if you buy this in the next two to seven months, we'll ship you the first pressings of the Star Wars figures or whatever. Um, so nobody, nobody really knew how much this film would change things. But gearing up for uh, Empire Strikes Back, there was still this feeling that the general public needed to be reminded of Star Wars. They needed to know it was still there to remember these characters so that they'd come and see them back in the movie. And so the prevailing thought was, well, why don't we just put our characters everywhere? We're going to have them selling CDs. We're going to have them, and I'm not actually like Mark Hamill selling CDs. I'm exaggerating a bit there. But Donnie and Marie Osmond, they're like, hey, what if on your season finale we get all the stormtroopers out there and Darth Vader and we do a whole Star Wars number and it's going to be great and you're going to work it in organically and it's going to be tons of fun. And they went for it. And Donny Osmond's like, you know, my four brothers are all dressed as the stormtroopers dancing and singing. And you see bits and pieces of this special from the, the Donnie Marie show. Granted, I never watched that show being born when I was. But I know Donnie and Marie. I know how huge they were. I was surprised. I was like, what are the, they got dancing stormtroopers up here. How is this allowed? What, how does this relate to Star Wars at all? And it really didn't. And it, I'm not saying it didn't have to, but that was their whole point. They thought they could just say, hey, you know what? We'll put these characters in marketing all over the world. Any different kind of, you're selling staples, binders, and whatever. Darth Vader wants you to buy a new binder. I mean, it was just ridiculous. They were like, we will use them to sell whatever. So at the time, in the 70s as well, you had a lot of variety specials. Um, Christmas specials. You know, Elvis did a special. You know, uh, who was it? Bing Crosby, I think, and uh, David Bowie. Um, so there was this prevailing thought that, hey, you know, what if we did something kind of like a Thanksgiving Hollywood special. They're like, that could actually, that could actually work for Star Wars. Um, and it would be done like a variety show. George Lucas had, I mean, dozens and dozens of storyboards and scripts, all these thoughts for this special, because they were going to go back to Kashyyyk, uh, which is where Chewbacca and the Wookiees are from. And so they were going to go to Kashyyyk, because Han Solo had promised Chewie, we'll get you back home for your family for Life Day, which is a huge celebration in the galaxy. It was going to be something Lucas wanted to turn into a real holiday of sorts. So a good part of the movie is getting back to Kashyyyk and spending time with Chewbacca's family. And, you know, there's like a silverback Wookiee and he's got a couple kids and a wife. And obviously they all speak Wookiee. Um, and you get the... <laughs> But that's all it is for like more than 10 to 30 minutes almost throughout the program. You've got Wookiees just going and there's no subtitles. And, you know, they make a note of the documentary. They're like, this was a time where people didn't want subtitles. They thought it'd be too distracting and that you'd look at that. But you're like, what the hell is Chewie saying? I, I think I can understand what's happening here, but I don't I don't get the total gist of it. And then. Because it's a holiday special, you know, we're going to have to bring in celebrity guest stars. And so B. Arthur 
which is a name I don't know. I'm just saying it. I saw her in the in the movie, and uh, <laughs> they're like, "B. Arthur's going to be the barmaid at the cantina," and a part of her clause is that she gets to sing a song, and so she's singing to all these Star Wars patrons, who many of you will recognize. You got all the alien head guys playing the. They're there. Um, you got the guy who gets his arm chopped off in the bar there. Has his arm, though. Um, just so many random things. There's dance numbers. There's skits. There's even... I'm like, the one of the cooler things, though, is there's like a 12-minute animated Boba Fett cartoon. Um, really, really cool looking, actually. And, and, of course, that later on in Florio, you know, John Favreau... When making the Mandalorian, gives Mando the same kind of blaster that Boba Fett had in that animated special because it does look cool. And I'm like, and I haven't seen the holiday special myself. I've seen snippets. I remember a good friend of mine uh, had torrented a copy of it back in the day, and, and but it was big news. It was like you like holiday specials, hush hush, because Lucasfilm they wanted to bury it. They never wanted they wanted to Ricky Bobby it. They wanted you to bury it deep down and never bring it up again. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's just it's just interesting. This documentary is a ton of fun. Um, I don't want to say that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, and I don't think it's going to win any awards or anything. But it was a really enjoyable time at the theater. I think as a Star Wars fan, it's always interesting and enjoyable to kind of learn more from behind the scenes and all the stuff that's going on. Um, so for a dozen reasons, I mean, I had a blast with this movie. Obviously, it's a niche audience, um, but I I had a blast watching this. You're going to know a lot of the people who pop up in it, and obviously, you know, they've got interviews with Harrison Ford, with Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, you know, trying to pry information out of them. Harrison Ford's practically choking Conan O'Brien because he's like, damn it, I can't talk about this. Don't You don't know what, what you're going to unearth from Pandora's box if we talk about this. Um, but, you know, it was really interesting just to learn more about some of these variety shows and holiday specials that were ever so popular back in the day. Uh, I feel like the closest thing we have now post glee which i think kind of revived a lot of stuff is you know i feel like each year i forget what network does it but they're like oh we did peter pan and wendy and they did the grinch and now the grinch stole christmas and grease live and uh, the one night only tv kind of film deals and those are usually pretty good um but yeah you know creating a, a one-off like this is just so it was just so bizarre and so obviously now I've got to go find it. I've got to I've got to watch it somewhere. Um, but I've also been warned because um, a lot of it also just looks not not the best. Um, I'll leave you with this little tidbit: <laughs> a gift for one of the Wookies is a uh, essentially a virtual reality machine, and it's kind of cool because Lucas and a lot of these drawings. A lot of these ideas of tablets or touchscreens and gizmos and gadgets people would use in the films are kind of close to what we use now, obviously, in real life and what we have. So the Silverback Wookiee 
is using this VR machine and essentially it'll kind of play out your dreams or your projections. So the original thought was they were going to have an entire number done by Cher. Um, and so putting this helmet on, he sees this woman who's singing and telling him how handsome he is. And then you kind of cut to the Wookiee's face and he's got this like massive overbite or underbite and he's just like grinning while watching this and you kind of get like this weird like is he watching like is this like porn for Wookiee like what the like what the hell is happening here and they show clips from it from the holiday special and then obviously you go to Kevin Smith and you go to Taron Killam and some of these guys and they're like who thought it would be okay to give Wookiees virtual reality porn machines like what I know it's the 70s, but come on, man. Like, it just, there were so many shocking and hilarious things in here that uh, the holiday special, it's got to be worth seeing, like the room with Tommy Wiseau, at least for the absurd laughter you might get from it. So keep an eye out for a disturbance in the force. If you're a Star Wars fan, you are sure to have a great time with this. Uh, you know, and I got to see this SIF film at the Shoreline Community Theater, uh, Community College Theater that they have there. Awesome setup, great screen, great soundtracks. It was uh, great speakers. You know, my buddy Preston and I, we were, we were joking. It, it felt odd, you know, to be cracking beers and drinking wine and all this stuff in, a, in what felt like a high school theater almost. But, uh, but, you know, certainly enhanced our enjoyment, I'm sure, of the film as well. So there you have it, guys. Stay tuned. We've got more SIF coverage coming up as we move into the next week. We're also going to have an entire week of SIFs. Uh, they're digital screenings, almost. A lot of different films from foreign, uh, independent, documentary style um, do have streaming access. Um, so if you feel like you've missed out on the Seattle International Film Festival, there will be time. And there's tons of of great movies that I'm also really looking forward to seeing and reporting back on. So stay tuned for that as well, you guys. Thanks again.